0: This is Life Made Better, a podcast from two coaches with a zest for not only their lives, but yours. In this series, Fleur and Lucia seek out tips, tools, and exercises to inspire you to achieve your dreams and goals. Join us and let's make life better.
1: Welcome back to Life Made Better, the podcast where we interview interesting people that not only inspire us, but so that we can find out how they made their life better and how we can learn from their story and challenges. Today we are super excited to be interviewing Siobhan Middleton. Siobhan is a founder of London's first women's only low cost gym called Beatitude. She has a passion for women taking control of their life through good nutrition and a great workout. We're so happy to have you here today Siobhan. I'm happy to be on. Can you tell us a bit more about yourself and your business?
0: Yeah. Um, well, I was a dancer uh, back years ago. <laughs> Not that flexible anymore, but that's what I, I did as a degree. And then I actually went into fitness instructing after doing a couple of gigs, a couple of dance shows. And from then on in, basically I, I did a lot of women's fitness and then opened Beatitude. I think it was five years ago or six years ago, I think. So that's me. I'm basically pre- and postnatal trained. I do have a movement specialist and have some experience in things like gut health and nutrition, but I'm not a nutritionist. I'm just an avid reader. And in terms of attitude, we are a fitness, it's like a boutique club, really. It's a bit like yoga classes where you've got your classes in your club, reception area, and you've got sort of changing rooms. That's kind of what Beatitude is. It's all all fitness and group personal training. And we do currently, now COVID, we're doing live stream classes. We also have in-house classes and we have group personal training as well as an on-demand anytime platform. So it's talking about Beatitude now, it's a little bit different to what I was going to say if you'd have interviewed me like sort of seven months ago, because I didn't have live stream classes. I didn't have an on-demand. So it's actually developed... Significantly, since the beginning of lockdown. When you say on
1: demand, what do you mean? That they can just... Sorry. Yeah. So
0: it's different to the live stream. So the live stream is like your Zoom, where you kind of have to have a membership in house, and then you log on and you do your workouts with the trainer. Whereas the on demand is kind of all pre-recorded videos in different sections, and you just join for sort of like fourteen ninety nine. You can cancel any time, but it's just got tons of hits and different things. But it's actually quite good because it's all with the members. So it's quite fun and there's loads of bloopers and it's really fun making it because, you know, it's, it's not me doing the workouts, it's actually the members. So it's a bit like training in the club.
1: Mm, your members are good to do
0: that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hearing something that I'm loving because frequently, obviously, I think we are used to hearing the, the bad side of, of COVID, obviously, and it is a reality. It has hit people and businesses hard and obviously... It is, it is reality and it's something not to be sniffed about. But what I'm loving hearing is that probably in a situation where your business was face-to-face, people will come to the club, feeding off the energy of being a member in there, enjoying the classes, and then all of a sudden COVID happens and you're forced to shut down. I would imagine that it must have been quite difficult and challenging and daunting to say, what do I do? And then from saying, okay, what do I do to come up with these ideas of, okay, I'm going to create this on demand, I'm going to create the Zoom classes, I'm going to bring the spirit here, I'm going to recall the people and do that. So I think first, congratulations for being able to adapt into it so brilliantly. And B, can you tell us a little bit what was that process, how you came from, okay, this is a disaster to what can I do to make it better?
0: Yeah it's funny. I mean I I have been <laughs> taught from a very young age. My dad had a construction company and then he left that and wanted to pursue education of sort of your mind, you know, how you can use intuition and it was what 20 years ago so it's brand new so it wasn't really about so I've always been taught to kind of when you come up with a problem rather than look at the problem look at how this is going to benefit you in some way or whether there's an option or something that you can get out of it that can help you progress. So rather than looking at the the wall in front of you, figure out how to jump over it. So when sort of COVID started to happen and and there was like the bubblings of, you know, it coming over to England, I wasn't too concerned in terms of being able to transfer stuff online because fitness is actually quite convertible I mean, I think it'd be probably more more um, hard for things like beauticians, you know, doing facials and stuff. It's a lot harder to transfer that online. Although I've seen some very interesting uh, <laughs> conversions, which I'm like, wow, that's that's a great innovative like idea. So when sort of COVID happened and we had to sort of go online, I'd already preempted it, so I'd already got in the members. I'd got the film crew, I'd got the website designer, and we basically just got the on-demand up and ready. And one of the things I had thought to help develop the company, but also help the current situations, to give NHS members of staff, any NHS members of staff, a year's free membership on the on-demand, and that would help us grow as a company, but also give back to the people who are who are obviously working. So it was hard I won't, I won't say no it wasn't hard and we have lost money over the last couple of months but in terms of every situation that i've come to it's always been a case that okay fine panic first give yourself a timeline of when you're going to panic couple of sit couple of hours and then cut it off and then look at it a different view and say well how can i how is this situation good and how do i need to adapt to continue where I want to, to, to go to. So I think it's probably thanks to to my dad, who we called Reverend Reason, (laughs) 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 because I've been taught that from a very young age. So yeah, that's probably how it came about and, and why. But I think it's also about preempting these things so seeing what's happening and kind of not just waiting for them for the for it to hit but actually do something before that and then obviously I had my team support it all and I had to keep them updated what we were doing and how it was going to support them and how their jobs were going to be safe and, and things like that so
1: what I'm hearing is that obviously this emotional resilience which is so important but what I liked when you said that you panicked first I like the fact that. To me, what I was hearing is that you were able to actually feel the problem. You didn't just like shove it down, suppress the feelings. This isn't a problem. We have so many challenges in life and we do feel that real fear of, oh, how are we going to overcome this? And you allowed that time before kind of coming up with solutions. Because if you Mm. don't, one, it's really hard to come up with solutions when you're in that fear response, you're impulsive So I Mm. like the fact that you said you kind of give yourself that time. Now I'm thinking you've been running a business for six years. And to start with, you you probably didn't know a lot about business. What would you say have been your main learnings, we say,
0: over these six years? So there's been a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Business. So when I first got into business, business was, is, it was totally different to what I now understand business is. Business, when I hadn't got a business was very much, you had to have a big team. You had to be the boss. You had to have all the answers. You had to turn it around very quickly because there's a lot of businesses you see that get launched and then suddenly they've got like masses of followers. So I went into business absolutely knowing nothing. I was a personal trainer. I was a dancer. I got this investment. I opened the doors and literally just went, what the hell? Like, I literally don't know how to do this. (laughs) But there have been some real key milestones like along the way that have really kind of gone, oh my God, wow. Okay, this is business. When I opened the club, I also kept going with a personal training company in Kensington that I owned just for, for the first six months to keep money coming in whilst we built members. I had quite a few personal training clients who had their own businesses and they would give me solu- you know suggestions and stuff. Remember this one client and he, he probably won't know this. I, I still talk to him now. So I'll probably tell him to listen to the podcast and he'd be like, oh yeah, I remember telling you that. <laughs> he said to me, and I walked in one day and I was so exhausted. And he said, look, Siobhan, what you need to remember is business is not a sprint. It's a hurdle race. And if you understand that, and get your head around that, and that the world is not trying to trip you up every time a hurdle comes, and that business is more about solving problems than it is about running to the finish. Literally, Uh, like light bulb switched on my head and suddenly all the weight just dropped off me because I was like, why am I coming up with all these problems? Why is this happening to me? Why is that happening to you? Because on social media and, you know, in books, especially, you see these books that give you these like one to 12 steps of creating a business and suddenly like, but hang on, I, I got to three and then I went back to one. Like, how is this happening? And then on social media, you're like, oh my God, that person launched their business like the same time as me. How have I only got five followers and they've got 5,000 followers? So it's, it was really, and he's very, very successful. And he's also very calm with it. And that really kind of made me sit up and go, oh, I get it now. I get what business is. You have a little, bit a little bit of a free run and then you jump over the hurdle. You find, and then you're like, oh, cool. And then a big hurdle might come. And then you have to learn to jump a little bit higher and then a small hurdle. So that was something to me that like really, really like kind of helped me learn about the process of business. So that's one of the first things. The second one was a lot of the time when you go into business, you're you're very cash poor at the beginning. And so you're so obsessed with the income. And there have been times where I've had really poor cash flow and I've just gone money, 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 need to get the money in the bank how are we going to do it? And it's all been money orientated. And when I've noticed over the last five years, when I focus on the money, that's when business suffers. When I focus on the purpose and being more of service and more of what people want, business flourishes. So although you have to focus on the cash flow and the outgoings and what have you, you have to make sure that your business is doing something of service. Otherwise it's almost like I mean, I remember Elle Nightingale when I was listening to one of hers said it's like asking the fire to be lit without putting the logs on first. Mm. Like you have to be of service before you can get the benefits. So that was a big one. And like, you know, I didn't, I haven't seen that. I didn't see that at the beginning, but I've seen that in patterns when I have panicked and then gone for, got to get the money in and before being of service. And then the rest is sort of all about self management. It really is there isn't any book that's going to tell you how to do business or what to do. And it's all about kind of really just focusing on what it is you want and remembering that people will always have their opinions about how you should do something. They should, they will always have an opinion on how they did it. There's no one book. I've read so many books. There's no (laughs) one book that will give you any way to set up a business. And it is a case of just setting that intention of what you want to achieve. And making sure that at least once a month you check in, you have strategy as to how you're gonna do that, and try not to deviate from that, even when you get hit by a bus, like you know, a (laughs) hurdle or you know, a court proceeding or you know, anything anything that you know comes up with business, you just still stick to that because that's the biggest thing I think with anything to do with business is still hearing a lot of
1: emotional resilience.
0: Yeah. It is. It did. I mean you're the boss of the company, you know. You are the one that people look to you. You know, you have to know where you're going and you have to be able to show people where you want them to go as well. And if you don't know that and if you don't know yourself and you're not confident in yourself, then it's very difficult for those around you to believe in what you want to achieve.
1: Mm-hmm. It's kind of letting go, isn't it, of those limiting beliefs which I'm sure you had. How have you let go of them?
0: Oh, I haven't. <laughs> they still there. She just kept going. <laughs> still there. It's a process. It is. It's It's like COVID has kicked up a lot of self-confidence issues for, for me. A lot of... One of the things I, I think is really fundamental when you are a CEO of a company or the, the boss is that you're able to make decisions quickly and, and not have to go back on them. Or the decisions you make are based on the best thing for the company. And COVID's thrown up so many options, decisions, struggles from one week to the next that it's really challenged my, not my decision-making, but my my ability to be confident in my decision-making so i think you know i don't know about anybody else but covid has definitely i thought i was quite a stable person covid has definitely (laughs) sent me down some serious
1: tunnels (laughs) that's where the growth is that's where the growth is (laughs) but you know it is a testing process (laughs) but what i'm also
2: love hearing and i and i'm hearing it throughout like you know from the beginning of our conversation it's also about managing expectations which i think is something especially if you are starting your own business but this applies in both business and life right we've all had that time where you go into something thinking it's going to be something far bigger or better and then you're faced with the reality as you were saying is I had this investment and then I opened the door and I was like what on earth am I doing what do I do now and that's the moment when you start looking outside and trying to check what other people are doing and that comparison kicks in right Mm. it's like I'm not doing as good as this other has. So I think, you know, you will bring in a very important point in there, which was let's just manage your expectations in everything. Like, you know, what can I achieve now? And mm-hmm. if, I guess in a way it's bringing it back to you. So how did you manage to stay focused on that and be able to look at the outside and say, yep, yeah, but this is not me. This is not what I want. How, how did you find that purpose?
0: I think I'd probably say the first 18 months, I don't really remember ever not focusing on myself uh, focusing on myself. I think I was just so obsessed with opening the business. It was such a, a, a whirlwind of comparison, you know, down to what my Instagram posts looked like. And then I just get got a, absolutely exhausted and things weren't progressing. I then started to listen to podcasts. I then started to read more books, spend more time on me rather than the business, because the one thing that drains or I have found drains my energy is if I'm consistently on work, which is really easy to do. 24-7, I think about stuff. I'm going for a walk, I'll think about stuff and I'll write it in my notes. So reading books about how to potentially section your day or section your month, or how to get rid of the white noise in the background that's not relevant. And the only way I've done that is, is not by following one thing. Well, I didn't. I mean, when I started reading, I was like, oh my God, this book is amazing. <laughs> Followed by the tea. And then I was like, I can't keep up with this. This is not something <laughs> I can keep up with. And you just kind of like from different snippets of different books and learning how you then need to deal with, your life and life balance with the business. There are small things that I've put in place, like I'll get up on a morning earlier, because I know that that's an hour that nobody's going to disturb me. Nobody's going to call me. Nobody's going to say, you know, oh, can you just read this? Or, you know, by the way, you've got this, this and this, and I'll get up. I will have, well, I've changed it recently. I have a focus for the month. So for example, my focus this month is just to start rebuilding my confidence just in myself. And so everything I do within that hour has to rebuild my confidence. So that will be either listening to a podcast about something to do with confidence. It will be doing some affirmations that are based around confidence. And I've actually got the affirmations on my screen phone, on my my phone. (laughs) So that every time I open my phone, it's something that I can read. It's just small things like that that you can do for yourself. But in terms of the workload, I basically just chuck it into four boxes. I'm like, urgent now, urgent not now, urgent, not urgent, delegate, urgent delegate. And I'm just like, ping, 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 ping. And that's something I do at the beginning of the day. Actually, there was a podcast that I listened to with Ashton Kuchner like really random, like really random. I was, just, I listened to it and I was like, God, this guy's good. He was like, you know, I don't, I don't open my emails until I'm ready to. I don't answer my phone. I take all my notifications off. I was like, I'm going to try that. Literally in the morning, he's like, I don't, I don't, I do everything I need to do before anybody asks anything of me. was, I tried that and I was like, wow, that's good. I was like, Ashton Kushner, way <laughs> more intelligent than I thought you were. <laughs> what I'm hearing
1: is you uh you're filling up your own energy cup and you're also taking control aren't you how I see it is like uh riding a horse if you're riding it with too much control and trying to control everything it doesn't move if you don't control it at all it goes everywhere so it's managing that that you've got enough control to move forward but you're Mm. not making it take over your whole life but you do need to take control of your growth when you're When you're going up in a business, Mm -hmm. you're up leveling, you're getting stronger and you don't get stronger unless you need to. And it sounds like you've had to, to meet all the challenges.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. So I'm
1: curious to know, because obviously you're working and I know our audience will want to know, you're working in the um, fitness and health industry. What are the main patterns Mm. that you're seeing that stop women staying fit and healthy? Is there any? Oh
0: yeah. So men and women are very different. Like they just are very different. Their hormonal makeup is very different. Their learned behaviors and beliefs are very different. And a lot of the, the, the sort of the mini patterns you or you, you guys will know. So mm-hmm. things like, you know, the needed to be perfected perfection, the fear of failure, uh, inconsistency, extreme diets or extreme, you know, exercise. Those are your general kind of mini patterns and habits and those as boring as it sounds like those are the four that really women do suffer with and it's I was thinking about it when I was like writing my notes I was like it is to do with learned behaviours in terms of how we were brought up you know the difference between men, men and women and how guys are brought up to like run jump fall over get back up where it's very kind of sit down perfect you know do a bit of uh, colouring in stay within the lines but then I thought there's also another element and it's, you can't always blame social media for their behaviour. I was thinking there is something else and I do it. It's when your friend doesn't tell you that she's going to do something and then suddenly she, she comes, walks out and suddenly she's like, oh, she's suddenly lost the weight or she's suddenly fitter or she's doing a run. And we only see that snippet of like she's achieved something and not the, the background of all the work that she's had to do. So you were saying like the instant gratification are you people want instant
1: like gratification and they don't really understand that it
0: takes time Mm. Mm, yeah and it does take women a little bit longer than it does men just because of our hormone makeup depending on where we are in our our life stages but I think the biggest thing that the the, the many patterns that women don't do is we don't sit down and go what is it we actually want and what is it that I actually need to see along the way to getting what I want? So most of us say, oh, you know, I want to lose weight. And they go on a diet, and they do it for a week, two weeks. They lose two pounds, three pounds. Then the next week, they kind of go off track a little bit, lose it a little bit. And they haven't really... Done a goalpost. So where do I want to? Where do I want to measure myself? What do I want to measure? And how am I? How am I going to know that I'm progressing? So they lose the weight within one to two weeks. They then start to get demotivated because they don't have the check ins, and they don't really know where they're going. Whereas a guy will say, "Right, I want to be able to. I want to be able to have bigger biceps. I want to be able to squat." you know, hundred kilograms. It's, it's all measurable. Whereas with girls, what we tend to do is say, Oh, I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose weight. I want to fit in the jeans, but you don't, you don't set goalposts up to that point. You need, it's very important to have those check-in points so that you can see that you're on the way to getting that goal rather than I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm still not there. I'm not there. I'm not there. Oh my God, I'm going to give up now. Mm. so out of all of the, the inconsistency the extreme extreme I think the biggest thing for women is actually figuring out what it is you're doing it for like what yeah. do you want yeah the why and I then, think yeah yeah the why and then going okay well what are my steps what do I want to see or what am I going to see before I get there
2: I think you're right you also like you know and, and I'm speaking for myself because I've done that in the past, like you know, yeah, I want to lose however much weight, which you know, it might have been an unrealistic goal to begin with. Because if you say I'm gonna lose three stones in two days, it's not gonna happen. And obviously you're gonna be frustrated because you haven't Mm -hmm. achieved it. So one thing that worked for me, it was actually setting that long-term goal of what do I want to achieve in that long run. But then setting those kind of like goals in between, if you wish, wish, like those midterms, okay, in two weeks, Mm -hmm. what is achievable? What do I think is realistic? How much I can do? Because that will keep you encouraged. That will keep you going. And it's something that, you know, when you hit a milestone, you feel fat better and then you feel encouraged to move on to the next stage. So I think Mm -hmm. there's a certain element as well that I agree with you, Siobhan. We women are quite but are giving ourselves those, you know, setting up that realistic goal and then breaking it down in a way that we feel that we can
1: do it. Yeah, I think women are very hard on themselves as well. So as soon as they don't see maybe the result they want, or they can self-sabotage, I think, more Mm. because
0: they are hard on themselves. And most of the time when it comes to sort of weight loss and health, it's, it's not a one size fits all. So when we tend to say when, so we do nutritional programs at the club, we, we used to prior to COVID. And when we're talking to women who are trying to lose weight or get healthier, or we, we have quite a few women who sort of want to lose weight to for fertility as well. Most of the time I'm, I say, look, try it for two weeks. You will know if what you are doing it does have an effect within two weeks. If it's not working within that two-week period, measure it and then change something else. What you're then doing is you're seeing what actually starts working for you because it's not just about cutting out carbs. It's not just about, you know, um, losing doing more exercise. It may be that you do better with for example, eating in the morning and the evening, rather than at lunchtime. It may be that you actually have to have more carbs than somebody else, but you won't know that unless you kind of trial everything. So mm-hmm. do a two week trial, see how you work and then do another two weeks, measure it. Once it starts to plateau, then you look at changing something else. It's been explorative, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's the, it's the, it's, that's the, difficult part because we generally don't have enough time in the
1: day to do that. Or we don't give ourselves enough time. Think I don't think it's that we haven't got the time. We're very good at giving to others, but we don't necessarily Mm. give it to ourselves. So Shabon, is there still anything you want to achieve with where you're going?
0: Oh my God, yes. (laughs) Yes, yeah, 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 I definitely do. We do offer pre and postnatal, but I want to offer much more in pre and postnatal. I want to potentially create a course or a learning educational program for women around sort of menstruation training, because it's an amazing external barometer as to how you should train. You know how you might be feeling that week because it does change on a weekly basis, and also massively about menopause. There's not enough support. There's not enough education for women around that topic, and it's very much a forgotten area. So that's kind of where I want to I want to develop into those areas and offer kind of the trio of pre, post, menopause, and just general health and well being for women.
1: It's amazing to hear that because I do think that it's been totally forgotten. And most of the research, as we know in health and fitness, is on men. And it definitely isn't on women who are going through pregnancy or on women going through the menopause Mm -hmm. because they haven't looked into the cycles enough. And as we know, different times of our cycle, our bodies need different things. And and until we learn that, we don't understand Mm -hmm. it. We can't Mm -hmm. write the right program or do the right program for Mm -hmm. ourselves. And I'm loving mm. hearing as well, which connects
2: back to your purpose, but you know, you decided to found this space for women only and you're taking it to the next level by really embracing that female you know that female Mm -hmm. energy is like understanding that we are different that we are operating in a different way that our cycles the way our hormones work are just different and just not saying like here's a gym for you come and exercise do your squats do your classes you're taking it to that next level by offering that really 360 and full encompassing of this is who you are let's celebrate you let's get to understand you and then let's get you what you need, which I think it is, is fantastic. So congratulations.
0: Thanks. <laughs>
1: Thanks. <laughs> so Siobhan, is there one question you wished
0: we'd had asked you that we haven't asked you yet? Do you know, I still was thinking about that this morning, just literally, just before we, ca- we ca- you came on the podcast. And I started to write it and I can't remember my answer. <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> what I was going to answer it. It says, what has been your biggest challenge? But I hadn't finished it and I can't now remember what (laughs) what I'd written. I I honestly don't think I had a sort of a question in mind. I had to really search for one because your your questions are really good. But yeah, I (laughs) I can't remember my answer.
1: (laughs) That's good. That's the answer then. (laughs) You haven't got one. (laughs) So can you sum up in one sentence how you made your life better?
0: yes just focused on a persisting goal regardless of what people said and their opinions and remembered sort of what my truth is and what I want to achieve that's beautiful thank you thanks for sharing that poetic
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can feel the passion that's how you get where you are you have to have passion yeah totally Exactly. So Siobhan, before we let you go, I'm sure there
2: will be plenty of people, especially now with the opportunity that COVID brings of potentially joining you from different places. So where can they find you? Where can they connect with you, find out more about what you offer and how to perhaps join you?
0: So we have two websites. We have one for the club, which is just beatitude.club. And then we also have the on-demand which is where all of our pre-recorded workouts are, which is beatitude.online, which you can actually join for seven days free, test it out. But we're also on all the social media channels. So if you just search for Beatitude Fitness, you'll find us on Instagram and Facebook, which I think, yeah, I think at the moment we're doing 15 minutes free, free and postnatal workouts per day on the Instagram. So yeah, that's something else. <laughs> so that's where you'll find us. That's amazing. I love the fact that you're empowering
1: women and you're really focusing on women. So thank you. That's a big passion of ours. So (laughs) thank you for doing what you're doing. And thank you to everyone for joining us for one more week. Thanks for showing us your love and appreciation. And please share the love. Share this podcast with anyone you think will benefit from it. Like, leave a comment and subscribe. We look forward to seeing you next week. And in the meantime, stay well, stay safe, stay inspired. Much love.